0: Welcome back to the Mortgages, Money & More podcast with me, Craig Skelton, principal of the CS Financial Group. And this week's podcast is really an update about first-time buyer market, what's happening in the first-time buyer world, and really sort of sharing some hints and tips from one of our experienced mortgage brokers who deals with a lot of first-time buyers about uh, getting a mortgage and getting on the property ladder. So without further ado, welcome to the podcast, Jess. How are you?
1: Hi, Craig. I'm fine, thanks. How are you?
0: yeah very good thank you very good so first time on a podcast
1: yes (laughs) really looking forward to it (laughs)
0: good no thank you for so much for the idea just was really we we did a podcast with Angela about it's well over a year ago now and what I wanted to do was just obviously the world's changed so much in the past 12 months particularly for first-time buyers no pressure. It is our most listened to and downloaded podcast ever, so no pressure with the update. Jess. so uh, don't worry about that. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to. I just wanted to get you into the podcast. You are an experienced mortgage broker, deals with a lot of first time buyers. You work with a particular local agent, estate agent, and you're dealing with, like you say, first time buyers on a regular occasion. So regular occasion. So I just wanted to. Just have a chat about the first time by a market. Is that all right? So just without first of all, just, just do me just do a little bit of introduction about who you are?
1: Yeah, of course. So as I say, I'm I'm Jess Edwards. I'm a mortgage broker for, for CS Financial Group. Um I've been with the firm for um coming up twelve months now. I've worked in financial services for um over 15 years now
0: wow (laughs) Um, 15 years (laughs)
1: um and probably about 10 of those doing mortgages so um yeah so that's pretty much me um yeah
0: (laughs) yeah fine no I I think we because we've worked together like even though you've been part of the I was thinking then when you said a year like I'm thinking wow what a year it's been in terms of uh you've been a mortgage broker at the firm but then We've known each other for quite some time. We knew yeah. we worked together at a large corporate world. So I do know that you've been a mortgage broker and a very successful one for quite a few, quite a number of years. So I, but I didn't realize it was fifteen years in financial services. So you catching me up, Jess? there. <laughs> a
1: long way to go, that,
0: Craig. <laughs> <laughs> we've all got, we've all got a long way to go to be Jason. So oh yeah, uh, he's, he's <laughs> got, he I think he's on for his fortieth ne- year now. So he's well and truly oh, uh, into it. So. I'm joking, it's not as bad as that, but yeah, he's, uh, <laughs> he's, uh, he, he won't thank me for saying that. So, right, anyway, so first-time buyers, let's talk about deposits, terms, what's happening in the market, things like that. So, first of all, just you, you work with and obviously seen and dealt with a lot of first-time buyers over the, the past 12 months. What's been, like, sort of, that like biggest challenges for them? What's sort of been going on in their heads when they're thinking about getting onto the property ladder?
1: Well, I think, Craig, to be honest, that the first... As I say, as I started in February, um, you know, I, I'd probably say a majority of my clients have been first time buyers. The market has been just crazy. It's just obviously because we had the stamp duty, um, exemptions and, but also as well, we were hit with the, the pandemic. So, um, there, there was due to obviously the pandemic, but we didn't see any change in the, the housing market. You know, properties were still selling. Um, so yeah, that the first time market first time buyer market has been crazy. Um, you know, people are still keen to get on the on the you know, on the property ladder, so to speak, even through everything that we've been through. Um so yeah, it it has been it has been crazy and you know, houses are still selling now and and, and as we said before that the the call today, before the the podcast today is, you know, houses are you know they're still selling now so and it normally does quieten down this time of year but it, that's just to show that you know there's so many first-time buyers out there that are still looking for you know to, for, for their for their dream home I suppose um but it's just it's been crazy with you know the houses that are coming onto the market you know that literally the state agents just don't have enough stock so to speak so enough enough houses to accommodate all of the first-time buyers that that we are seeing so it, it has been crazy
0: I think that's it like he's it, like what you say it's, it, I think at the moment it's certainly down to stock levels and like the stages like the number of properties that are coming onto the market there is still the pent up demand for for houses right now and it, it will continue in, in throughout 2022 there's no there's no doubt at the moment, we can't see, like, the predictions are still house prices are still rising, house prices are still moving forward. There's still plenty of sales going on. It's more about a bit of a stock, more of a stock issue, which, like you said, not going to help first time buyers sort of getting onto the property ladder when that's one of their goals for 2022, really. So it's all about stock, Jess. It's all about stock, it seems yeah. to be.
1: Yeah, it is, definitely. Um, yeah.
0: So, in terms of things like, let's just have a brief overview in terms of so we. i'm guessing that as we've talked about there stock is like low. It's starting the year low so estate agents are keen to get stock on there so from a first time buyer point of view it's just keeping your eyes on all the the portals finding out speaking to the agents like we've talked about in the past the estate agent being your best friends so they know that if they've got a property going on that you will be ideal for then you're the first person that you you ring and that's what we encourage people doing it really to 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 get to know don't just sit there on right move day in day out just start to do register with the yeah. agents and stuff like that as well
1: yeah definitely Craig. i mean that would be like you say my first recommendation is register with the agents you know you know there's there's social media nowadays make sure that you're following all of the pages for all of the different estate agents so you can see you know that they often well they always promote the properties that they get into the market before they actually go on right move so there may be houses that come onto the market that hit their social media before they actually get onto right move so just being watching right move might actually not do you any favors so to speak so it best to follow social media pages register details with your with the estate agents you know and tell them and and also as well is is to have your agreement and principle ready um the estate agents won't take you seriously without you without them knowing that you've actually spoken to somebody about a mortgage and that you've been pre approved um so those would be all the boxes to tick i would definitely suggest doing doing those three things. Um, like I say, having your agreement at a principle, making sure that you're registering with with the agents and, like I say, following social media. That's where a lot of the obviously the properties do go on first before they actually hit right move. Jess,
0: I think if anybody's listened to this podcast and they are a first-time buyer, that is one massive hint and tip for you to take away mm-hmm. is don't just look on your right move, your Zooplas and all the the the, the portals get onto the social medias or the social media um, platforms and the accounts of the the agents that you know have got who are sort of selling houses in the area you're looking at. So you'll see them, like you say, follow them because like you said, their houses are going to the market. They're not hitting the portals because they're getting sold and snapped up before they actually get onto the portals. So, but like you said, the agents are using social media. Because it's free, because it's cheaper than right move and zoopla and the rest yeah. of it, well, get on let's get that house on Insta, let's get it onto Facebook, onto Twitter. So you're absolutely right. And I think that's one big thing that gets missed a lot is that the first time buyers go on to the, the, the your normal right moves and zooplas and then miss out on so much because there's so many houses that get sold right now that just don't even hit that portal. Yeah,
1: definitely. Yeah. So Good yeah. Great
0: tip on that, Jess. In terms of, like I said, registering with them as well, so speaking, picking up the phone and speaking to them or emailing them, getting your details registered. And then the, the last big thing was about agreements in principle. Just to explain what an agreement in principle is, just quickly, Jess...
1: Yeah, so basically an agreement principle is, um, where you have approval for a mortgage in principle from a particular lender. Um, so you will have, um, spoke to a particular lender. You'll have disclosed income details, um, outgoings, um, obviously your name, address, that type of thing. You will have, um, put in your deposit details, and they will most, nine times out of 10, they'll have probably done a soft credit search on you um, and they will have checked your credit worthiness. Um, so once they've done that, they will then give you an agreement in principle to say, yep, yeah, you are approved for X amounts um, subject to you know normal underwriting checks and property checks and things like that.
0: Excellent. Great description there, Jess. Totally understand what you're talking about and I understand what an AIP is. When you sort of going one thing you said before was that about estate agents. Are you finding, and I'm sort of seeing this, but I'm just interested to get your aspect on it and your view on it. I'm seeing a lot of estate agents who want want to see the AIP before they even let you view a house yes, right now.
1: Definitely, that is something that is definitely happening. Um the reason being is because of the 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 you know the demand for the properties and the the lack of stock you know the, any buyer potential buyer who's looking to to view a house um they need to know their position and they need to know how serious they are because they are getting as i say so many viewings for for one particular property for example I had one last week uh, with the estate agents that I work with um, and there was actually 16 people waiting to view one house. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So they need to know that financial position of every one of those 16 people just to make sure that, you know, A, they've, they've got that agreement in principle um, and B, if, if, you know, if they're not first-time buyers – what position they are in if you know if they haven't sold their existing house for example so um yeah we are definitely finding that you know th- they ask for that agreement in principle pr- like prior to to viewing it and definitely if, you are know, obviously putting an offer in they will ask for that
0: and that's it you you're in, you are in a position of strength being a first-time buyer so you've got no chain you've got no house to sell in the background so you are in a great position but Point getting an even better position is getting that AIP in your hand, knowing that a lender said, like from an estate agent point of view, who is working on behalf of the vendors, paid by the vendor. We've talked about that before on various podcasts. They're working for the vendor. The estate agent only gets paid once the house sells, so they've they got to make sure that the people that are viewing, people are looking, putting offers in, and looking to buy, are in a they are in the best position they possibly can so good i'm, I'm getting what they
1: you're definitely going to look more desirable if you've got your agreement pr- principle and if you're a first-time buyer because as you said there craig you, you're the sort of the end of the chain um and like you say if you've got your agreement principle as well it's sort of tick tick really
0: so obviously been sort of loads of changes just with regards to the stamp duty and sort of the June with the government and then there was like he was no stamp duty for a certain time and then for up to certain amounts and then September as well. So just to to clarify right now, he's gone back to normal stamp duty is what it was before the pandemic and before the whole budget changes. But what's so first time buyer threshold now up to what amount? So I, if you, is it free? Free?
1: It's so if you're up, if you're a first time buyer, um, you're exempt for stamp duty up to a property value of three hundred thousand.
0: Right. Okay. Fine. Fine. So that so that gives me clarity now. And obviously, I know that there's going to be very very few first time buyers. Coming onto the property ladder that are looking to buy over 300,000 pounds There are, but then generally speaking, they're not in terms of with deposits and affordability and stuff like that. So the good news is for first time buyers, you generally stamp duty exempts and who doesn't want to save some money. So brill. Um so just thanks for clarifying about the stamp duty. I know what my threshold is from a first time buyer point of view. What about deposits? Deposits went through quite a lot of change during the pandemic it used to be 95% so just having to put a 5% down it then obviously that changed during the pandemic and various things are we are we back to some normality now with regards to deposit for first-time buyers?
1: Yeah def- yeah we are I mean we we saw that come in um, come back in for, for 5% deposits um, quite quickly actually it, it, and once one lender sort of came to the market with a 95% product. They all sort of followed suit. Um, so for the last few months, we have been back at that 5% deposit. Um, so pretty much all lenders now are, are back on the, the 95% market now.
0: Right, okay, that's good. That's interesting. And in terms of, just for clarif- clarification for the listeners, with just to explain the higher, the... The more deposit you've got, the better rate you tend to generally get. So if you've got a, just a five percent deposit, mm-hmm. and why I'm trying to clarify that is we, we sort of see people come to us sort of saying, "Oh, I've seen an advertised rate at one percent, but I'm looking at a ninety-five percent mortgage." Then obviously, then you the the less deposit you have, the more you're going to pay on a interest rate. Yes, general rule of thumb.
1: Yeah, that's basically it. Yeah, um, and it normally goes up in stages of sort of five percent. So you know, you, you're normally looking at sort of your 95% products, your 90%, 85 80 So it's the, the rate changes tend to go in the 5% sort of brackets. Um, but right. yeah, as, as you get a higher loan to value, so it, if you're borrowing more against the property value, you will pay a higher interest rate.
0: Good. And that, thanks for clarifying that, Jess. I think that's I think that's interesting for people to know because it makes a difference. And if you've got, like you said, that you're in five percent chunks, So what your deal is, that if you put in a five percent deposit down, will be different, and your rate will be different from a mortgage point of view. If you put in ten percent down, if you put in fifteen percent down, so those little things do make a difference. So if you can scrimp, save, and do what you need to do, beg, borrow, steal from family and parents, grandparents, and all those things that we, we get deposits from, can make a difference. And I think that's something to to Be aware of that, don't just think that can make a big difference in terms of your monthly payments, but also as well what interest you're paying. So the amount of money that you are that the interest is costing you is less because you put more deposit down. So Yeah.
1: I think as well on the interest point of view, Craig, is a lot of people don't actually they don't see it as a, a sort of monetary thing. Um obviously because it you know it's just a normal monthly payment to them, but I think a lot of people do forget that they're actually taking a large amount of money you know hundreds of thousands of pounds over you know potentially 25 30 years so the interest that you do end up paying back you know it can be it, can, it will be you know quite a bit so even having that extra deposit can save you as you said quite a lot of interest overall you know on the on the nice. term of the mortgage as well um, not only in the interest rate itself but you know if you think over the full term of the mortgage you know you you will save yourself you know you will see that you save yourself quite a bit
0: quite a lot of money absolutely and that and the thing that's the thing is who doesn't i'd rather have the money in my pocket than paying the bank on interest so and i'm sure people a bit a lot of people feel exactly the same way and like you say you're looking at the term and talking about terms just what in terms of i know that like it is each and we'll talk about terms in terms of budgeting and and i do want to talk about that on the podcast because it's something people tend to have in the head if they've listened to the parents it's like 25 year term mortgage and that was the standard when adam was a lad and it's like well you could get 25 years and that was it like where are we up to now in terms of term have we, have we gone back up to 40 years with a few lenders
1: yes we have so yeah we've got a few lenders that would look to 40 years um so obviously that would that helps with people who who you know, his main priority is to budget and, and minimise monthly payments, especially initially. Um, you know, for first time buyers, minimising those payments can be um, you know, the most important thing. You know, buying a house and paying all the bills for the first time can be quite a daunting sort of thing. Um so pe- some people prefer to take it over that longer term, um to, to you know, to to prevent you know, to have that. Um Lower monthly
0: payment for them to help with yeah. the costs. Mm-hmm. No, definitely. I need, like I say, it does make sense, especially when you're buying your first home and then you've got, you're you trying to budget. You'd, you're not sure what's it's okay budgeting to a certain extent, but then things come out of the blue and hit you, and you might have forgot about this, or you might this might be a little bit more than what you thought. So it's good to is one of the things where you can take a longer term when you're first starting out. As a first-time buyer, to go for a, a longer term, but that because then what people don't realise is that if you go on a two-year deal or, or so, a two-year fixed or a five-year fixed, in those when your deal's come to an end. Say if you went for a 40-year mortgage term and you went on a five-year fix and then your remortgage is due in five years' time, so your mortgage term will then be 35, you can change that at that point. You don't have to stick to 35, do you, Jess?
1: No, no, and that is something that is so important. When you do come to to your fixed rate finishing, so when you come into remortgage, it is so important to make sure that you receive advice um, for that mortgage again just to make sure that you know the term still fits within budget because circumstances can change an awful lot within, say, five years. Um, income may have increased. Your outgoings may well have reduced. Um, so it's a good point to, to sort of sit down with an advisor again and evaluate your circumstances. And, and if you can reduce that term, then that will be something that will be done and advised to you, um, obviously, to help you you know, to stop you from paying more interest than what you actually need to. Um, So that would be definitely something to, to do when your rate does come to finish.
0: I think it's exactly, it's a great point because people tend to not, when they're doing the remortgage and they'll just, if they look at just product transferring with their existing lender, you're just doing the budget and sticking to the budget that you agreed five years ago. But have you got a pay rise? You might be, you might be earning more money doing this. So you might, you might have a second job or something like that. It's then it's always good to, like you said, to get advice because ultimately what people seem to forget is that a mortgage broker's responsibility and job is to get you your mortgage paid off as soon as you possibly can so it's and it's better rather than sticking to 35 years at that point, thinking, well, actually, because you don't have to go in five-year chunks, believe it or not, people people still say to me, "Can I, I was either twenty-five years or 30. No, you can do thirty-three. You can yeah. do thirty-four. <laughs> it all fits around
1: budget. Your budget, <laughs> yeah.
0: absolutely. That's the thing. It's what you can afford, so it fits on your budget. So if you're thinking that okay, I'm paying X amount at the moment, but then be, it's the five-year my five-year deal's up, and then now I'm I not afford to pay this. And pay a little bit more because I've got more income and things like that. That's what you should be doing from an advice point of view. Or if if your interest rate is better, and then the 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 monthly payments have come down, just stick it back up to what you were paying already, and just shave a year or two years off your term because it will just, like you said, save you so much money in the long run on interest, and you get your mortgage paid off a lot quicker.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think for me as well, Craig is I see the clients. Your typical first-time buyer—you're not saying that, that all first-time buyers are, but a lot of the first-time, back-time buyers that we that I speak to, you know, they're just starting the careers. You know, whether that be a professional career or just working career, so to speak. So, for them, for their income levels, they're pretty much at the, the bottom level that they're going to be. So, there's there's going to be plenty of scope for progression on a career point of view. So, your typical yeah. first-time buyer, like I say will probably receive, you know, pay rises and and see the career progress, um, which in turn will, will mean more income for them. So, like you say, that's probably the best, as you say, when it comes to review, you review it and review your circumstances again.
0: Definitely. I think, like you say, it's, it's important to sit down with a mortgage broker and go through budgets, go through... And, and if ultimately your product transfer, with you sticking with the existing lender is the best deal, then you will tell your clients that is the best deal and you will do that for them. But then if there's better things out there and they say, I'm all for reducing term, I think, yes, starting out, like you said, about with budgets and what you can afford at that particular time on a monthly payment, totally understand that. But you need to review it in five years, two years' time or five years' time or whatever the initial rate is you've got. Sit down and review it. Don't just take the option of, clicking the button right that's my next deal that's my next deal sit down and go through in detail because you could be saving yourself so much money not only at the better interest rate and a better deal in the marketplace right now but then also as well in terms of the the interest over the, the long term period as well which is just absolutely huge it is massive
1: yeah it definitely is
0: jess we've covered loads we've covered stamp duty we've covered deposits we've covered term house prices what sort of viewings for the socials and all the rest of it. Is there anything that we've missed about helping first-time buyers
1: no i think we, we've covered we've covered everything i mean the the one thing that i would probably you know suggest is is getting advice as a first-time buyer you know we, we urge you to speak to a mortgage advisor. It's you, you know, it's your first property that you're going to be buying. It's your first home. Um, it's the first time that you'll, you'll have been through this process. Um, so ultimately having somebody to advise you and help you and guide you through the whole process, you know, somebody who, who knows, you know, the, the journey that you go on as a first time buyer. Um, you know, whether that be, you know, sort of a mortgage broker or a mortgage advisor. Definitely, you know, take advantage of that and, and take advantage of the help that they can give you um, and the support that they can give you on what will be, you know, an amazing, amazing thing that you do um, buying your first home. So that's, that's the thing I would probably finish with um, is, you know, to, to definitely speak to someone, get the advice and and let them help you through through this journey that you're going to go through.
0: Fantastic, just great point to end on i totally agree with you it, it is daunting first-time buyers it can seem like what is the process i don't know get advice right from the start get your ip speak to a broker brokers like yourself i know who ha- Like hold the hands of first-time buyers go through the process you even deal with estate agents and the rest of it on the bar for the clients just to be that person there i see the reviews you get just that unbelievable particularly from first-time buyers well from all your clients but from first-time buyers where you've held the hand through the whole process comments like we would have never gotten that home without jess and things like that are amazing so great point to end on jess thank you so much for your time
1: no problem at all it's been it's been lovely speaking to you craig
0: good and hopefully now you broke your podcast duck we'll get you back on and talk about other things and we'll get updates and stuff like that about uh, what you what you find in the market and stuff like that but Jess thank you so much for your time thank you very much and hopefully we'll speak to you again soon
1: all right thanks Greg see you now Bye.
0: bye bye